It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Good morning, Elevate Church. Great to see you this morning and also shout out, we like to give a special shout out at the beginning of each month to our podcast family and excited to announce that in the month of September, uh, we grew from 23 countries uh, joining us in our podcast family to 25 countries. So how about we welcome everyone joining us via podcast. We love that God uses technology to reach and build people around the world. This is uh, week two of a mini series called Don't Take the Bait. And really, uh, it picks up from something that Jesus said. And I mentioned last week that this is one of the things that Jesus said, which when you read that he said it, you kind of think, uh, well, duh, like really, you needed to come all this way to tell us that? We know this to be true. Uh, he did other things while he was here. But um, he said this one thing that, that I know is true before I read Jesus saying it, and you knew was true before you read Jesus saying it. And this is something that Jesus said, playing Captain Obvious. It is impossible that no offenses should come. In other words, it is impossible that you and I could go through life without somebody on at least one occasion saying or doing something in your direction that comes across as offensive. Am I right? Okay, good. So Jesus tells the truth. When he uses this word offense, it was actually a word picture. And, and the word picture is, uh, literally means that the bait that triggers a trap to close when an animal touches it. So it is impossible to go through life without coming across, without encountering bait that triggers a trap to close. And the best kind of trap that I think embodies what this looks like in real life is a bear trap. Now, I couldn't bring one here. Thankfully, they're illegal to buy and sell and use these days. But a bear trap, and a bear trap, if you haven't uh, gotten stuck in one recently, uh, good, good for you. But what you see with this bear trap is right in the middle is a plate and the trapper would place some sort of bait, something that was attractive to a bear that, the, that would lure the bear not just towards the trap, but actually lure the bear to want to reach in or step in and grab the bait. And if they take hold of the bait, it triggers that plate to then have the sides close around them. And what happens in that instance is one of two things. At a minimum, at a minimum, they're captured. And at worst, they're killed. Another thing to identify is that even if they're captured, if they don't at some point in their future get free, then they will eventually die. So either way, this is literally designed to be a death trap. And this is the sort of trap that Jesus said that, that people will put in front of us by saying or doing offensive things. And we have no control over that. It's going to happen as long as you're breathing and other people are breathing. 
But this is the truth that we spe- spoke into the situation, that, avo- uh, that uh, uh, avoiding offense is impossible, but taking offense is a choice. These are two separate things. One of which, the first, we have no control over, and the second of which we have 100% control over. And I gotta tell you, uh, I got a ton of feedback during the week about this, including from some veterans for whom this was breaking news. And they were like, well, why didn't someone tell me this earlier? I'm like, well, we, you know, we were getting to it. We got to it, we're here. That this is actually two separate things. We have no control over the first and 100% control over the second. And this is like, last week we talked about minor offenses. Minor offenses like, you know, someone says something snipey or sarcastic and you're like, someone ghosts you. You know, you you text them or you invited them and then you get back and you're like, minor offenses. And King Solomon gave a, a very simple piece of advice for us how to best respond to minor offenses. And he just simply said, just to step over them. We're walking along the journey of life, walking in the direction God's called us, following Jesus, and a little bit of bait is put in a trap in front of us. And Solomon says, look, here's the thing. Recognize it. You've got to recognize it. It happened. It's there. The, 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 tra- the trap's there. The bait's there. But just don't take it. Just step over it because you're about better things. You're about a higher calling. We've got more important things to do than get caught on the minor stuff. So that was last week. You can go back and check that out on our podcast. Today, however, in part two of our mini-series, uh, I wanna actually transition into the major offenses. The, the sorts of offenses that are so egregious that, that Solomon's advice almost doesn't work. that that somebody said something or did something to you in your past that is right in front of you, a big, hot, steaming pile of offense. So big, what did you think I was gonna say? So big, (laughs) Hayden, don't smile. So big that it is actually impossible to step over. That Solomon's advice is not useful. So big, so egregious that, that, that when it happens to you and you eventually got around to sharing it with somebody, they, they said to you, man, I can't believe that happened to you. How are you feeling? You go, you go, I am so offended. I am so hurt. I'm so offended. I took the bait. And, they, and they, this is so egregious that they said to you, yeah, no kidding, right? I mean, of course you did. I mean, there's no getting around that. That, that thing, there's no just kind of ignoring it or, or passing over it. You know, the betrayal from a close friend. And it's, ugh, I can't get over that. The, the, the business partner who stole from the company. The physical, emotional or sexual abuse that you may have experienced in your past. And, 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 and no one's saying to you, oh, well, no one except a sociopath, is saying to you, well, just get over it. Because they recognize that this is a major offense. And stepping over it is not typically going to work. The sort of offense that, that, that you're caught in now. And so last week, the title of the message was Avoiding the Trap of Offense. And that applies more 
typically to minor offenses. Today, I've called this escaping the trap of offense because this is one of those things where you're like, I I, I just couldn't avoid it. I'm caught. I got stuck and, and I'm here today. And the good news is that whilst Solomon's instruction for dealing with minor offenses helps us stay free, that God has some good, clear instructions for those of us that have taken the bait and are caught on how to get free. That freedom awaits for you. And so the question, and this is kind of a rhetorical question, is if you're in the trap, my question today is, do you want to stay in the trap and and for how long? Because I'm going to put something out there that God teaches that can help us escape the trap of offense. So one of the most uh, pervasive byproducts of taking offense, especially when it comes to major offenses, is bitterness being established in, in our heart. And if you've ever taken the bait of a major offense and had that, you know that bitterness is almost an automatic byproduct. And look, it would be easy to brush it off. Uh, Bitterness, so what, you know. Well, let me read something to you that a a physician who's been a physician for over 40 years uh, wrote, uh, Dr. Rick Heimarsh is his name, and he, he wrote this. I've been a physician for four decades and have seen more lives destroyed by bitterness than cancer, addiction, heart disease, diabetes, and contagious diseases combined. And, and look, you can write to him and tell him he's full of it, but the thing about bitterness, and this is one of the reasons it's so destructive, is, is it, it, it not only eats you from the inside out, but it also invariably bleeds into every area of our lives. It, it just leaks. It's, it's impossible to contain. You'll see bitterness showing up in your marriage, in your parenting, in your career, in your mental health, in, and even in your physical health. Rooted in bitterness that is a downstream byproduct of having gotten stuck in the trap of offense upstream. So it shouldn't come as a big surprise to know that Paul, one of the big wigs of the early church, wrote to the church in Ephesus and he just gave them gave them pretty clear call out and he, and he wrote to them, get rid of bitterness. Don't date it. Don't marry it. Don't let it move in next door. Don't tolerate it. Don't say, well, you know, it could be worse. Oh, come on. Don't, no, get rid and not just of some, but of all bitterness. And hey, I hear you. If you're stuck in the trap and you read that, it's not that you're maybe necessarily doubting that that's important, but I would be asking maybe the question, well, good on you, Paul. Easier said than done, mate. How do you suggest we do that? Well, the very next sentence, he, 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 he told us. Get rid of all bitterness forgiving each other just as Christ in Christ God forgave you Paul puts a key out if you're stuck in the trap a key that unlocks the trap and it's called forgiveness forgiveness is the key to escaping from the trap of offense and I get it I mean, you know, I'm even prepping this message and I'm writing this and I'm getting it. I'm reading what Paul says, I'm getting it. And I'm like, I read this 
And if I'm saying the trap of offense, I get it. Two things spring to mind. Number one, when you think of the person that hurt you, forgiveness isn't necessarily the first F word that comes into your head. I get it. I, no, come on. This is true. Come on. Just be adult and admit it. But here's the second thing. This is not very sexy. I mean, forgiveness. I mean, real, come on. You know, who wants to watch a movie about this? The Notebook. I mean, come on. That's just, that's just emotional abuse right there. Uh, so, so let's try a couple of other. Let, let, what about this one? Revenge. Now we're called. Come on, fellas. Revenge is the key to escaping from the trap of offense. And the Hollywood director comes in and says to you, hey, hey, I heard about what happened to you in your past. Do you want to maybe take over from Uma Thurman and become the star of the new Kill Bill 4 movie? I mean, come on, what an opportunity. Have you seen that sword? And you're like, yeah. And I've got just the person to play the protagonist. The person that offended me. Like, yes. But Paul didn't say revenge is the key to escaping from the trap of offense. In fact, I probably don't need to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Typically, this approach will only make things worse. All right. So if not revenge, what about this one? For all those that grew up in British households, like me, ignoring. <laughs> ignoring is the key to escaping from the trap of offense. Because, you know, this big, steaming, heaping pile of offense that's in front of you, that somebody caused, that you can't avoid, that you can't escape, that you can't go over, you know what? I'm just going to pretend it's not there. That ought to fix it. Pretend it never happened. Pretend there's no damage. Pretend there's no consequences. And, you know, I'm pretty sure if I do that, that things will only get better. Well, you know, probably if that was true, Paul would have said ignoring is the key to escaping the trap of offense. But he didn't. He said forgiving was. And so what I want to do, and just as we land this today, is I want to drop us into a slice of Jesus' life where he explained how this works in real life. In fact, and Matthew recorded this, Jesus had just finished giving his followers an actual playbook, like a, literally a step-by-step -step playbook of how to respond when somebody offends you. You can read that for yourself in Matthew chapter 18. I don't have time to cover it. It's in verses 15 to 17. Read it. It's a, a three-step playbook. I can't cover that today, but he comes out of that. He's just given his followers a three-step playbook for how to respond when somebody hurts you, and it's just about bulletproof. Pretty underutilized, but it works if you, if you decide to use it. So that's a little bit ahead of it. Then, then he goes on, and he starts to unpack how this works, because he's talking about this playbook if someone hurts you, and at that point, Peter got up the nerve to ask, um, Master, how many times do I forgive a brother or sister who hurts me? And it's like, you know, you know when you're the kid in the class and you know the answer and you're like, pick me, pick me. Peter's like, I got this one. Because Jesus had spent a lot of his time teaching his followers about the importance of forgiveness. And it's like, Peter's like, 
I'm going to show the master that I'm picking up what he's been putting down. In, 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 in fact, in fact uh, rabbis in this time in history, they were teaching their followers that the number of times that you had to forgive somebody, the magic number and the maximum number required by God was three. Three strikes and then that's it. If they offend you a fourth time, no deal. And so Peter's like, all right, I see your three. I'm going to double it and I'm going to chuck an extra one in just for good measure. And boy, Jesus is going to be impressed. I mean, everyone else is getting off the hook with three. I'm going to ratchet it up. I'm going seven. Jesus, seven. Jesus replied, seven, exclamation mark. <coughs> Hardly. Try 70 times seven. And then he didn't quote this number, so they all reached for their abacuses and started to think, oh my gosh, that sounds like a lot. How do we, ah, my abacus is suddenly broken. And, you know, Jesus was actually throwing out a number that was kind of like, huh? That he was making the point that as followers of Jesus, his best for us is to forgive without limits. To forgive without counting. To forgive Really? Sounds a bit rough. Well, he then explains why this matters. And if you've got your Bible app or your Bible Bible, uh, pop it open to Matthew 18. Some of you jumped in there when I suggested checking out the playbook because you like playbook. This is what Jesus went on to say. So he's just kind of, just kind of, you know, shot blocked Peter. I mean, good on you, Peter. Appreciate you had a go, mate. But uh, seven, no. And then Jesus explained how the kingdom of God works. He says, like a king who decided to square accounts with his servants. And as he got underway, one servant was brought before him who had run up a debt of $100,000. And here's the key, by the way. He couldn't pay up. A debt he couldn't repay. So the king ordered the man, along with his wife, children and goods, to be auctioned off at the slave market. And the poor wretch threw himself at the king's feet and begged, give me a chance to pay it all back. Well, touched by his plea, the king let him off, erasing the debt. The servant was no sooner out of the room when he came upon one of his fellow servants who owed him 10 bucks. And he seized him by the throat and demanded, pay up now. Well, the poor wretch threw himself down and begged, give me a chance and I, and I will pay it back. But he wouldn't do it. Now he had him arrested, put in jail until the debt was paid. And when the other dibba servants saw this going on, they were outraged and brought a detailed report to the king. So it's not always true that snitches end up in ditches. The king summoned the man and said, you evil servant, I forgave you your entire debt when you begged me for mercy. Shouldn't you be compelled to be merciful to your fellow servant who asked for mercy? The king was furious and put the screws into the man until he paid back his entire debt. And by the way, this last sentence is one of the most terrifying things I've read in the entire Bible from cover to cover. Sorry, I'll read it. English is my third language. And that's exactly what my Father in heaven is going to do to each one of you 
who doesn't forgive unconditionally anyone who asks for mercy. Quiet, please. Now, I've said this before, and probably you guys know this as well. Hurt people hurt people. Some of the people that have offended you, they've offended you because they themselves have been offended and haven't dealt with it. They've hurt you because somewhere in their past, they've been hurt. And hurt people hurt people. It doesn't excuse it, but it does explain it. Jesus is saying, sure, it's true. whilst it's true that hurt people hurt people, my best is that forgiven people forgive people. And, and, and one of the mistakes we make is we spend all of our time remembering the hurt and don't spend enough time remembering the forgiveness that we were first offered by Jesus. And remember, forgiveness is the key to escaping the trap of offense. So what I'm gonna do in the nine minutes and 26 seconds, don't look Jenny, that we've got left, she's a rubbernecker, uh, is <laughs> I want to define terms. Because I say forgiveness, and I'm pretty sure we would have a reasonably broad range of understanding of what that involves and what that looks like. So I'll, I'm going to just define terms, and I really sincerely hope this will be helpful. Let me start with what forgiveness isn't. Number one, forgiveness isn't you saying it was okay. That what they said to you, it was okay. What they did to you, it was okay. Because chances are, it was not okay. But forgiveness isn't the same as you accepting or condoning their behavior. Just the same as when Jesus forgave you and forgave me, he didn't say what we'd been doing was okay. He forgave us anyway. And yes, of course, ultimately calls us to something better. Second thing forgiveness isn't, is it isn't hooked on a feeling. Who sung that song, Jared? I bet you can play it too. <laughs> I shouldn't go on there. Uh, forgiveness isn't hooked on a feeling. If you've been so egregiously offended, then waiting till you feel like forgive, you're probably gonna be waiting, well, for a long time. Here's one that, is critical to understand, it's that forgiving isn't forgetting. I collect a lot of useless cliches and put them in a discarded pile because they're awful and in a lot of cases wrong. For example, this one, I'm sure you've heard it said, just forgive and forget. Anyone heard that one before? Just forgive and forget. As if they're the same thing and we conflate the two and, and wonder why people can't do it. Because forgetting is sometimes the hardest bit of the two because we've got good memories. And the more egregious the offense, the easier it is to remember. The bigger the hurt that was caused, the easier it is to remember. And, and if we are uh, convinced that forgiveness requires forgetting in order for it to magically do its thing and release us from the trap, we're never gonna be able to do it because they're not the same thing. And here's what happens. If we forgive just like Jesus forgave us, even though we can still remember what happened, we get released from the trap and we can start to move forward again. And over time, 
one of two things happens. Number one, the memories start to fade and or, and I'd say the second one is actually the more important of the two, and or the pain associated with the memories starts to fade. And in fact, sometimes we, we have the scars and we can look at the scars and the scars are like a reminder that you got free, that you're not in the trap, that, that your testimony, your story includes, I was caught in the trap, here's the damage it did, but I'm not in that trap anymore. So forgiving isn't the same as forgetting. Forgiving is also isn't the same as trust. See, when that person offended you or hurt you, they broke your trust. And you can forgive them and yet they will have to earn your trust. Forgiveness is given, trust is earned. And I've got people in my history, in, in my rear view mirror, that offended me and hurt me and I've forgiven them, but I, I, they've not gotten back to the place of trust because they haven't demonstrated that was something that was important to them. So you can forgive and yet you don't have to automatically reinstate them at the same level of trust that they had before they hurt you. And here's the final thing that forgiveness isn't. It isn't them saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's you in the trap, not them. So, so, <laughs> so don't wait for them to come and unlock the trap. Like what you're doing if, if, is you're saying, my future is in your hands. And they've already demonstrated that that's probably not the best person to put your future in the hands of. In fact, here's the thing. I'm sorry is almost always the gateway to reconciliation, but reconciliation requires two people. Forgiveness just requires you. All right, here's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is, and the biblical definition means to let go. Well, you think about it, you took the bait, you're in the trap. Forgiveness means let go. Let go and God will kind of make a way for you to get out of the trap. In fact, uh, this, this biblical definition of forgiveness is awfully, awfully close to the Disney definition of forgiveness, which encourages us to let it go, let it go, because we can't hold it back anymore. So I'm always encouraged when, when I read something in the Bible and I hear it in a Disney movie because I think, well, that really is important to God. I did a coin toss of whether I should, like... We sing this to our seven-year-old nephew and he just goes, please don't sing any little. <laughs> so offensive. So offensive. You're out of the will and you're, not even, and you're only seven. Forgiveness is saying you don't owe me. See, what happens when someone hurts you and offends you is they make a withdrawal from the trust bank. And in that moment, the, the, a debtor, debt, debt, debtor relationship is created. There was a, an account and they made a withdrawal, a withdrawal of some amount. And often it's like a substantial withdrawal. And, and some of us, if we're justice people or revenge people, we, we, we want payback. Like either you pay me back or I'm praying that God gets you and causes someone to hurt you the way that you hurt me and then we're even. And, and yet forgiveness doesn't require 
payback. Forgiveness says, you know what? You did make a withdrawal and I'm gonna forgive you of that debt. Yes, you owed me. The king said, you owed me $100,000. I'm going to say that you don't have to pay me back. And then finally, forgiveness is a decision. <laughs> there may be a process in the lead up to that decision, but at some point in time, it is a decision. It's an event. It's a, it, it's a decision. And I'm just like crazy enough to uh, stand up here today and invite any buddy here who has like as I've been preaching you you've identified like this this is you there's something in your past somebody something that 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 you've been caught in and I'm just silly enough to, to think that in 28 minutes and change that God's prepped something in you for you to want to actually say I'm going to make that decision today to, to let go and to forgive today. And, and if you're ready to do that, and if you're not, like, that's fine, it's all right. You know, sometimes it's like you need to marinate in God's word a bit for it to, fine, no problem. But if, if you're ready, if that's you and you're ready, and it's not gonna be everyone, uh, I want you to stand up right now where, where you are. And we're not gonna interview you to find out why you're standing, um, but I'm gonna just pray for you from the stage. We're not gonna get you up the front. Anyway. So if there's anybody here you wanna say, Today, that's the decision you want to make. I'm going to pray for you up here. And I can tell you this, that we're not the sort of church that's going to be looking at, with the stink eyes at you like, oh, I wonder what happened to them. It's just not our style. So it, this is just an invitation. I want to labor the point. Don't want things to get orkies. All right, great. There's somebody. That's great. Anybody else? I'm just going to pray from here. Fantastic. Good on you. Awesome. Love it. Hey, but actually, let's all of us. I mean, I'll pray out loud, but let's all of us pray. Let's actually all join our faith with these people that are standing. We don't know the background, the story, but we do know, we do know that God's best is for them to be set free. And I love the courage and the strength just to stand in a, in a public setting. God, I, I thank you for the people standing, uh, not for what happened to them that's caused them to want to, wanna, and to need to stand and make this decision today. But I thank you, God, that that you are the God who makes a way where there isn't a way. And that, and that this truth, that forgiveness is the key to escaping from the trap of offense. I, 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 I'm just so grateful that, that that's happening right now in this moment. And that it's not all the things we just said. It's not forgetting. It's not waiting for them to pay back and say, I'm sorry, and, and, and not even necessarily trust that person again. But the freedom that you present to us right here, right now, from this moment forward, I thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hey, fantastic, you guys that stood. How about we just say well done to them because it's great stuff. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live, and on demand immediately after. 
and to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.